0: Spoiler alert, this episode contains spoilers for season one of Amazon Primes Forever. You're listening to Jack Loves TV. I'm Jack Kelly and each week I sit down with one of my friends and discuss one of our favorite TV shows. This week I'm joined by my friend Melody Stromel and we're discussing season one of Amazon Primes Forever. Hi Melody. Hi Jack. I'm very excited you are here. Me too. I'm excited that you are also back in town because we've been dealing with so much chaotic stuff. Yeah. Here in LA, with all of the all the fires that are going on right now, yep, it's and the air quality is getting worse. So yeah,
1: it was like smoky all the way out to like the Ontario Airport. It was nuts.
0: Yeah, you were very smart in getting out of town <laughs> for the weekend. <laughs> I was like, I got too much to do. I can't. I was. I. I honestly thought about taking you up on your offer, but I was like, I. Have stuff. Ugh. Yeah, and
1: I remember it was like, um, should I call out from work? Because she love she works in West Hollywood, so the air quality is like really terrible there. Yeah. Um, but she decided not to because she just had too much work.
0: Yeah, I haven't I haven't left the valley since Friday after work. So like I drove up from work because I work yeah. um in the main part of LA, and then drove up here, and I've just been up here, and I'll be going down to Regular L.A. later today as we record this, so I'm, like, a little nervous as to what that air quality is going to be like, but luckily it's still Hollywood and not WeHo. Yeah, yeah.
1: Anywhere on the west side, really. Yeah,
0: oh god, and now I'm just thinking of when the... When that fire on the 405 happened,
1: oh my gosh, yeah, and it was
0: like that—that that one video of like the person driving on the 405, and it was like driving through like Mordor.
1: It was, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, no, I mean, I wild. mean, even just any of these fires. I remember the Burbank fire, just driving past it, and it was just like, like, oh, over there is lava. Yeah,
0: it's yeah. it's it's insane. And then of course, like, it's not the only one that's happening. Yeah. There's the fire up north that's happening. Oh my
1: gosh, have you seen the pictures from that? Yeah. It's na- it's nuts. Yeah. yeah.
0: The and I think the thing that's that's even spookier about it is that the town that was completely destroyed was called Paradise. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 just spooky. But yeah. regardless, we are still safe where we are, which yeah. is great, you know, just thinking about the folks that are having to evacuate. And having to deal with the fires directly, we just have to deal with terrible air quality for a bit and hopefully not deal with the actual dangerous parts yeah. of it. Um. So just kind of talking about, like, let's go back to TV. And so what, what kind of shows do you watch?
1: That's an interesting question. I watch... <laughs> Probably like a mix of like feel-good shows and like pretentious shows. Okay. Um, right now I'm watching, um, I'm really into this show called The Great War on YouTube, which is about uh so the uh World War One ended a hundred years ago later this week, actually. Okay. Um, and so it started back in 2014, and each week it goes through what was happening a hundred years ago. During oh wow. World War I. Um so it's sort of like and, and it's not just necessarily like military history. So for example, like Women in Russia received the right to vote, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. about four months ago or, um, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, the Communist Party started in um, Germany or it's a lot of social stuff, too. Um, So that's pretty cool. Um, I think they're still going to go on a little bit after the war ends, but it's still a really good, you know, short form document. Well, I mean, it's hundreds and hundreds of hours at this point because it's been four years, but um, each episode is about 10 minutes. So it's still like a short form documentary uh, show that you could watch if you 're interested in learning about the f- first decade of of the twentieth century
0: i just i I love documentaries, yeah, I feel like I know way too much about World War II. World War two, and next to nothing about world War one
1: I. I feel like that 's everyone i mean that 's like kind of why I started watching the show
0: <laughs> yeah it's it 's like you know they I feel like in high school they just always glossed over World War one like we yeah. never really got into like what the political reasons were.
1: Yeah, and that's because they're really complicated and also kind of stupid. I mean, really watching the show, I knew that it was a bunch of dumb white men who were wealthy, who thought they would be unaffected by the war, starting (laughs) the war. But, oh my God, watching this show, it's just like, oh, well, Reginald here had fought in the Boer Wars and he thought it would be over in a a decade. So why not just go to war and take some land from the Austro-Hungarian Empire? Like, yeah, yeah. There isn't actually yeah. anyone named Reginald. The asshole guy. From, oh, I'm sorry. The um, jerk guy from the British side is called Douglas Haig. He's a general. But uh, yeah.
0: Just. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Uh. Yep. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it always is. It's like if you ever just are in a pickle and you're in like a, like a trivia situation or you're being held hostage and they're asking you like, What, like, who started World War anything or this war or any sort of scandal and you just go, rich white men, you will be correct.
1: No, that's so true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You will be correct. Even, like, Crusades started by rich white white men. Oh, 100%. Even though those happened so long ago. Yeah. And in, you know, and in modern times, like, I think I make the same amount as, like, what they made and I'm considered poor. (laughs) Yeah. yep. You know, it's just... Oh, it's just wild that eh, oh, World War One, and then of course, yeah. like you know, they had the the an- like the anniversary. Can't call it a celebration, memorial. Memorial in Europe.
1: Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: in our horrible leader was like it's raining i can't go oh my gosh
1: the worst that's like an
0: la reason to not go to a thing i know
1: and you're from new york city you have no excuse it rains (laughs) there all the time you know
0: what weather is (laughs) yeah my helicopters can't fly through it
1: yes they can i
0: yes they can yeah helicopters fly through a lot of stuff yeah you just didn't want to leave
1: helicopters fly through literal blizzards
0: yeah yeah excuse you um so what is so other than that like what like what is your favorite thing that you're like what is the thing that you're looking forward to the most this fall or like this upcoming season?
1: Um I mean I guess it just started, but I'm really excited for the new season of Outlander.
0: I have not watched Outlander, oh, it's but so it's been good. what season is it on right now?
1: Uh It's like fourth. 4. 4. Yeah, yes. I was like it's 4
0: or 5. It's been on for a minute. Yeah, yeah it's that's one of those shows where I It's not my genre, but everybody that I know that watches it really loves it. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, I think that – okay, did you like Battlestar Galactica?
0: I have seen minimal bits of Battlestar Galactica. It's been very hard for me to get my hands on it.
1: No, that's fair. Because Okay, I was going to say if you liked Battlestar Galactica, I'd watch Outlander because it's a lot of the same people. I
0: have liked what I have seen of Battlestar Galactica.
1: Um, What I really like about Outlander is that it – I didn't think I was going to like it. I watched it because it was the same people from Battlestar Galactica, and one of the head producers is an alum of my college. Gotcha. Um, and I was like, oh, this is a romance novel. And like, no disrespect to anyone who loves romance novels, but they're just 100% not my thing. And
0: <laughs> I laugh because I, yeah. Yeah, that's m- more of my my speed. No, that's totally cool.
1: Um, and it does definitely have like romance novel elements to it, but it's okay. incredibly intelligent. I mean, I I really have a lot of problems with time travel narratives mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, uh, because they are so, um, I mean, a like they're typically like so white male focused, yeah, um, and also they're they really tend to like modernize sort of elements of the past to make it so that their protagonist can sort of fit in um, yeah. and I think that they do that really smartly in Outlander um, in that she very clearly is an outsider she very clearly is living in a different time period for a woman um, and she has to navigate these things in ways that she has to learn to do on her feet, um, and that it's not – and also the other thing I hate about time travel narratives is it's like, oh, someone goes back to the 1920s, and suddenly they're best friends with Josephine Baker and Salvador Dali and, like, Ernest Hemingway. She will occasionally meet someone who's, like, maybe noteworthy, but it's not really. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel like that was a huge Doctor Who call out.
1: (laughs) Oh, I was actually thinking of Midnight in Paris, but yeah, Doctor Who, that's also true. I'll give Doctor Who a little leeway because – I feel like he's not just some schmo. Yeah. Like, he has, like, these sort of magical slash technological powers that allow him to enter those spaces.
0: Yeah. And the Doctor does what the Doctor does. And the TARDIS controls, like, where they're going to go. And they purposely go to the place where the famous person is. Right, exactly. There's choices. But, like, if you're, like, in, you know this time like the specific time period in new york the chances of you running into all of these people
1: even one really is just like so slim and also just like why why are those really the people that you want to hang out with like i live in a city where tons of celebrities live and i used to work at disneyland where i would see and interact with celebrities like almost every day and it's like most of them i wouldn't want to be their friend in real life no the cooler people are not the people that we're necessarily gonna remember in like fifty years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. A lot of my favorite like quote unquote celebrities are the people that are just like normal people yeah. and they interact like normal people. They may not have like huge roles in things and they aren't, you know, yeah doing that, but they're you know, they're performing for their fans and they're performing for the people that love them.
1: Yeah. Or I mean like they might even be doing something that's like just not as like maybe they are a prop fabricator or like mm-hmm. they do something that is really cool, but it's just like no one no one's gonna you're not gonna be in some like history textbook. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. Unless you revolutionize the whole thing. Right. Even then. They'll just attribute it to somebody else. They'll just attribute
1: it to the director. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. The bane of my existence, (laughs) attributing things to the director. Just because TV is a similar thing, is like, you know, movies, everything's attributed to the director, and TV, everything's attributed to the showrunner. Right. So it's like this genius thing that happened. And there are a lot of shows now that they're like, oh no, that was not me. That was my wardrobe supervisor yeah. who came to me with that idea. I'm, I I want to make sure that, you know, she gets the credit of coming yeah. up with this, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I, f- I feel like let's get rid of the cult of the genius. Um, yes, please. And focus on groups because I feel like millions of dollars goes into the cult of the genius and then, like, we usually regret it. Like, can I anti-recommend a show that I watched? <laughs> yes. Don't watch the Romanovs. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to watch something on amazon prime watch forever instead
0: yes yes um, but please. no i mean so basically
1: after matthew Weiner did mad men they were like here matthew Weiner, have se- i think it's 70 million dollars
0: oh, to
1: make a show that you want to make and it's not it's not good you guys um like it i'm not saying it has no merits whatsoever but it's false i mean to tell you how bad it is, they literally have an episode about um, being skeptical of, like, the Me Too movement and accusers of sexual assault. Yeah, that's how bad it is. And um, uh,
0: It's not good for an audio medium is eye rolls. Yeah. It's just. It's just <laughs> uh, um,
1: but yeah, I mean, like, basically, my roommate was so surprised how much I hated it. And she was like, well, but Mad Men was so good. And I was like, yeah, but there was a white writer's room. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah yeah it wasn't like we
1: like to think it's just him but there's actually a whole group of people
0: yeah Yeah. oh yeah it's yeah the the cult of the genius i would also like to burn to the ground and yeah that's why i appreciate shows where the writer's room is like they talk about the writer's room and how the writer's room works like and they and they like to talk about the other writers in the room and what they bring to the table and how different things are when right. there are multiple and many different voices in the room. I love writers rooms. Yeah. They are great. So going into some TV news, speaking of writers rooms, Bob Kuschel, the showrunner for, or one of the showrunners on the new mid replacement show fam was actually fired from the show for quote unquote inappropriate language in the workplace don't know what that means. Yeah. No, but I couldn't find anything to elaborate more on what that was. We can all kind of take a guess as to what it could be. It's either super sexually inappropriate things, it could be super like racist things, yeah. it could be a variety of things, especially because fam has a multiracial cast. And like one of the leads is Tone Bell, okay, who's beautiful. And very funny, and I'm. I hope this show sticks because he's so talented, and he keeps being on shows that keep getting canceled. Uh. (laughs) Uh, It's so frustrating. So now the sole showrunner is Corinne Kingsbury, who was the other co-showrunner. Okay. So he's out, which I'm so happy that you know that CBS is finally you know continuing to own up to their their stuff they're like all right well we we outed les moon let's just keep going yeah yeah
1: and hopefully the show will be stronger for it
0: <laughs> yeah i i hope so too i'm i'm looking forward to it i i will like any any comedy especially any new comedy i like to watch it just to you know see how it how it is and try to give it as many episodes as possible before i'm like you know what i'm done i can't do this anymore that was dad's If you recall that show.
1: Um, I mean, I did not see it, but I recall it existing.
0: Yep, that's that's just about how it worked for everybody, except (laughs) for me, who watched six episodes of it before I was finally free. Good for you. Right. So we talked about the fire a little bit earlier, but in TV news, particularly with the fire, not only are celebrities being forced to evacuate their homes in Malibu, but... The Paramount Ranch, where literally hundreds of productions have filmed there, most notably recently uh, Westworld, filmed at the Paramount Ranch. The Paramount Ranch is burned down in the Woolsey Fire, as well as parts of the Bachelor House.
1: Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, Yeah.
0: so they're really not sure what the damage is on that property, because it is also like a family lives in that house.
1: Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, Yeah, so
0: they... How they live there, I don't know, given that The Bachelor seems to be running all year it's round. It's like every
1: season there's a it's Bachelor, yeah.
0: Bachelor 403, I think, is what they're on now. Oh, my gosh. So many. That's not the right number, but it feels like it. And It
1: probably is if you include, like, all the international Bachelors and oh, seriously, and, yeah.
0: seriously. But yeah, parts of the property have been destroyed, and they're not sure how much of the house has been touched parts of the house has been sure touched by the fire, but they're not sure how much of it. Yeah. So clearly we will not be going back there anytime soon to be filming The Bachelor.
1: I'm sure they'll come up with some sort of like exciting gimmick like Bachelor at the Winchester Mansion. <laughs>
0: they'll they'll figure something out and it'll be it'll still people will still watch it. Yeah. So it's but, you know, hoping that no more people's homes get destroyed no yeah. more things get destroyed Derek Waters who is the creator and showrunner of Drunk History they were actually filming out there oh wow when the fires were starting and there's he took a selfie of him wearing his mask and he's like we're we're stopping production because my crew's safety is more important than finishing yeah. the show so like good for them to to do that because the sad part is there are productions that would not do that.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm sure.
0: So they're like, no, we got to get this shot. And be like, no, you're a monster. Yeah, <laughs> You're going to endanger a lot of people. So you need to stop. Stop. <laughs> stop doing your job and take a moment. The other little bit of news that's a little bit more lighthearted i guess than <laughs> fires alec baldwin has been arrested he's accused of punching a man in a parking spot dispute which is so alec baldwin <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i mean look i get it parking sucks in la but yo calm down
0: it was actually in new york that, oh, he, which even worse even worse like, but
1: still yeah
0: just hearing that he he just yeah, they were going in for the same spot, yeah. and the guy got there first, and Alec Baldwin wasn't happy about it, and so we punched the guy.
1: Yeah.
0: Allegedly. Oh, my God. So we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. He probably won't spend a single night in jail, let's be honest oh, with ourselves. Oh, of course not, yeah. So it is what it is. So that's, that's a little bit of a, a lighthearted news story poor guy that got punched in the face but he's got a great story out of it
1: and probably a settlement
0: hey hey (laughs) that's really what you got to look forward to (laughs) get punched by a celebrity you get a sweet payout you just got to be the right celebrity (laughs) at the right time so other little bits full season orders splitting up together the kids are all right and the rookie all have been given full seasons which is awesome Uh, Renewals have The Purge, Divorce, which is a show starring Sarah Jessica Parker, and The Ranch, which is Ashton Kutcher's show. Right, right. And then there were three cancellations this week. Reverie, which honestly I'd never heard of. I have no idea what that show is. So I'm not surprised it got canceled. Good Behavior and Tragically Alone Together, which is – I love that show, so I'm very sad that it got canceled. Mm. But I'm – not terribly surprised do
1: they have time to wrap it up or is it just like a full stop cancel
0: they they had already aired their second season so they're just canceled which it's a bummer because it was it was a cute show but on the same time i was like i don't know how long they can keep this premise up because like the whole premise is like that they are uh, uh, a man and a woman are best friends Mm -hmm. and that they have no interest in dating each other but it's like there comes a point where you have to break that and it's like you can you can only hold on to that for so long before people are like yeah that was what you started it with but where is where are we going from sure sure where's the arc of that relationship so i'm not terribly surprised because american tv likes to move so fast in those sorts of directions so we'll see I have a lot of feelings, obviously, about this show. Yeah. (laughs) It starred Esther Pavitsky. I don't know if you watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah. She plays Maya. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was was her show. So I'm I'm very sad. Very sad. But we'll always have the two seasons on Hulu. Yeah. So, yay. Okay. So we're going to go into discussing the show. And normally we just launch into it. But I feel like I really need to stress – That if you have not seen Forever, because I know that some of you do listen to this without having seen the show, and I'm mostly talking to my mom. If you have not seen Forever on Amazon Prime, it is eight episodes, half-hour episodes. You need to watch it before listening to this because we were... You know, I was talking to people just before we even recorded, before we even got together, telling them, oh, well, Melody's coming over, we're going to record, we're going to talk about forever. And they were like, oh, well, what is it about?
1: We can't tell you. We
0: can't tell you. Like, it's literally like you have to stop and be like, okay, how much can I say about this show? And the synopsis that I have is very much like as much as I can say without, without really giving away the whole thing. So Forever follows married couple Oscar and June who live in a comfortable but predictable life in suburban Riverside, California. For 12 years, they've had the same conversations, eaten the same meals, and take pleasant vacations at the same rented lake house. But after June talks Oscar into shaking things up with a ski trip, the pair find themselves in a completely unfamiliar territory. So, that is your out. If that sounds interesting, go watch it. Pause this. Go watch the show. You'll get it done in an afternoon and then come back and finish this episode. So give you a second.
1: Bye.
0: Bye. Welcome back. So, <laughs> so forever, this show, you know, it. we were talking before we started recording about how I know I was like looking up information. It's like, what is this show even about? about
1: yeah i i heard about it because i listened to npr at work and glenn walden did a review of it and he was talking about it and then they had to redact like they had like a a joke like redacted redacted every time he tried to talk about the plot and then i was like what is this show about
0: it's it's so hard to review i only saw reviews of it because think i was just i was just looking up stuff on tv com, and they had an article of just like of you know like the beauty of forever and talking about how especially wonderful my rudolph is oh, in it so good
1: because
0: like you know fred armison plays fred Armisen in the show he yeah. plays the same character but my rudolph just carries this show and i like a human being love Maya Rudolph everyone
1: loves Maya Rudolph
0: so I was like okay I have to watch this what is this about but then of course every review I could find was like if you haven't seen it stop reading now I was like okay well I guess I'll go watch it yeah and I'm so glad that I did because it is like like that description that I read is
1: it's a terrible description. I mean, it's the only one we can give you, but it's awful,
0: yeah. I mean, obviously, you've watched the whole thing at this point. <laughs> everybody who's listening because we made you stop and go watch it. But it is I mean, just the decision to go to this to go on the ski trip. and it's oh God, it's like, where to even begin? So I just want to start with the pilot, honestly, okay. because the first, what is it? The first five minutes of the pilot is just this really beautiful and well done montage.
1: Oh my gosh, so beautiful! It's it's a cut, um, and it it goes from moment to moment in their relationship. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it just and it goes throughout the years from them yeah. meeting to them meeting a second time to them getting together and like starting the relationship, him proposing to her, and then they go through, and then we get to the lake house part, and it yeah. gets. They do the same routine, and they do it again and again and, and again. again. And you know that it's an annual trip, so it then you then start to realize like, oh, there's there's a lull in the relationship, and you can just read all of it on June's face. Yeah, and and,
1: and yeah, no, ugh. and her, you know, they change, especially her hair from cut to cut to cut. Um, during the thing, but you can just see her face and it's just slowly dying in yeah. each time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then they finally, you know, the we finally get to dialogue and actual acting. Yeah. Not the, before it was, but, it, you know, it's like we get to act, the actual like action of the show and, you know, they're going to the, to the lake house, but then she suggests going skiing instead, which, of course, Oscar is very against Reticent, yeah. yeah, he doesn't want to go because it's like, Well, what will I tell my coworkers? Which is like
1: <laughs> Tell him you ch- what is this question? Yeah. No, and then of course they have a, a they cut to a scene right afterwards of him telling his coworkers and he's like, Oh, actually we're going skiing again and his coworkers are just like, Oh, okay. That's different. That's And different. that's it. That's, and that's it.
0: <laughs> Ugh. And so they go skiing and they have the best response. That anybody has once they hit the location where they're gonna go skiing, which is just June steps out of the car, and I've had this reaction and steps out of the car and it's so cold and she just starts swearing so loudly. Oh, man. This is I mean, I'm
1: I've never lived like north of the Mason Dixon line really. Oh. And it's just like, yeah, no, that's super real. <laughs> what, what is this cold? Why is it here?
0: I'm from north of the Mason Dixon line. And it is, I still have that reaction. I mean, it is, when you get up there, it's like the reason they have that hill way out middle of nowhere, it's going to be cold. Yeah. It's going to be miserable. And it's going to be windy. It's always windy.
1: Yeah. And it's going to be wet too, which makes it feel colder because of all the snow. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's gross. It's so gross. I don't recommend going skiing <laughs> at all. And so then watching them having to do this because neither of them been skiing before, so then they have to do this this skiing class.
1: And of course they're all full, so they have to go take a skiing class with the little kids.
0: Yeah. And just just all of the setup of them, okay, doing this, and it's like, oh, they're breaking free of their monotony. Like yeah. what is gonna happen? and then they set it up really well like June gets really upset at the in the kids class cuz the kids yeah. keep making fun of her and she ends up pushing one of the kids whose parent actually says that he probably deserved it yeah and so then she starts talking to this guy in the lodge and they're, like, flirting a little bit. Yeah. And you're like, oh, is this what's going to be the change? Like, is this the show? Yeah. Well,
1: because I, all I knew was the show title's forever, right? So I'm like, yeah. how okay, how is how? it going to be about forever? Is it about the not-foreverness of things? Like... Yeah.
0: Is it about how being with one person feels like you're with them and you're not happy? Like, does it feel like forever? Mm -hmm,
1: Yeah. And so I I definitely thought it was going to be about cheating.
0: Yeah. 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 And then you find out that, no, Oscar died while she was in the lodge and he was on the hill. Like, he died.
1: Yeah.
0: And then you get to the second episode, which, please tell me if you had the same feeling, was that she is still mourning his death and she's kind of trying to like still break out of her shell and like doing things that she enjoys doing and she's about to like go on this trip and like it's gonna be great and she's gonna do her own thing and like i'm so rooting for her yeah. and then she chokes on a macadamia nut and dies, dies. And i'm like are you kidding me yeah i was so mad.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I – because at first I thought – at the second episode, I thought, oh, maybe he's going to come back as a ghost and he's going to haunt her forever.
0: Yeah, and it's like, oh, is that the forever? It's not
1: the forever. But no. Oh, my – I felt so bad for her because what she wanted so much was to – I mean, like, what I really saw, like, her discontentment with and especially – that part where she's like, why didn't we ever have kids? And he was like, well, we discussed it and we decided we didn't want kids, is that she's just, like, not happy with the way things are and she wants to live a different life. Yeah. And she had that different life, granted because everyone else in her company was arrested for corruption, but, like, you know, she was about to to see if that life was something that she wanted and she dies.
0: Yeah, it's it is, it is the most frustrating thing and it's like on the one hand it's like yes i get it this is theoretically a comedy i have a lot of feelings about dramas that have comedic elements to them and purport themselves as comedies but that's a discussion for a whole different day (laughs) (laughs) and you know it's like this is of course of course she dies yeah when she gets this chance and then she dies and she basically opens her eyes and Oscar's looming over her and is like you made it it's like oh no <laughs> oh no oh and then she's and so the whole like the the part that's so difficult is like you go through two episodes of what you think the show is going to be about and then really it's at the end of the second episode that you discover oh no this is a show about the afterlife yeah got it that that makes a lot of sense forever forever that checks out and especially when you start to like meet some of the other characters that live in their neighborhood and how like their their one neighbor is he died in the 70s as a teenager
1: and he's still like a jerk teen. Yeah, but he's yeah, also 54. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's
0: it's just you know, but and the thing is too is that you know, they you can tell that June is not happy to be dead with her husband.
1: Yeah, and especially, I mean, so she's also still in Riverside. They're in a different suburban community in Riverside, but... it's
0: Kind of like a condemned, yeah, vacated so, one. Yeah, it's
1: condemned for, I think, like, black mold or something. Yeah, but, yeah. It's,
0: but it's condemned for the currents, which is yeah. what they call... The living. The living, and the formers are still... Like, it looks yeah. brand new for them. Yeah. Everything's in, like, a really muted pastel. Yeah. Like, it is... And so then they fall back into this mundane life and it's just
1: yeah and and Oscar's like so elated. Oh,
0: so,
1: and and God. I think what what makes me feel for her so bad is everyone in the community thinks that she's so lucky that she gets <sighs> to be with her partner in the afterlife. Which I get because they're in a way they're lonely forever.
0: Yeah. 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 But like she's stuck with Oscar, yeah, <laughs> who's just Fred Armisen, and I read this in a review, and I cannot agree with it more. He plays the best, like milk toasty, boring, horrible, ineffectual white guys. Oh yeah, that you can ever imagine. He's so good at it.
1: Like honestly, I wasn't like anti-team Oscar. I mean, obviously, like June was unhappy. And that was, like, an issue. But I he didn't bother me until that scene with the fork tines. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, this is, like, uptight, passive-aggressive white dude 101. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I just – I I, I think I was done with him by the time – actually, the moment he walked in with the fish calendar and the pilot, I was like, no, no, I'm not here for this.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought – they did seem happy, like, like, yeah, I thought that there was something that was very sweet about him,
0: yeah,
1: um, but also like very repressed,
0: yeah, yeah, I think I think part of it too, actually, I think the real the real part where I was very frustrated with him, and actually you can see the cracks in their relationship is that discussion of having kids. You can see all of the frustration that she is hiding, yeah. in front of him, and like and you can see that she's actually very frustrated with him. And But, like, can't express that because it's, like, we did have that conversation, but, like, uh, you can tell that she wanted to have that conversation more. Yeah. And that she may have given that up because that's not what he wanted.
1: Really? The way that, like, I read that was they had discussed it. They had decided not to have kids, but it was just she's feeling all these frustrations. She's feeling upset at Oscar for the way that her life has turned out by meshing her life with him. And that's, like, a socially – acceptable place to like vent her feelings into?
0: Yeah. Um
1: uh, but I think your reading's totally valid too. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, same. It's either way, you yeah. can just see her being very upset and so now she's trapped in the afterlife with yeah. her husband who she was already like finally breaking free of and being her own person. Yeah. And then she dies. And then in the afterlife Then she meets Case.
1: Oh, Case is like the best part. Oh,
0: she's wonderful. Moves in next door and she's burning stuff in her backyard and they're wondering what is going on and they actually find out like the weird things about the afterlife. Yeah. You know, and her burning the that that cabinet every day and yet it reappears in her home. Yeah is is such a i guess it's a it's another commentary on i feel like this whole show is just a commentary on mundanity like
1: yeah or or even just our inability to see the like the structures of the life that we're living in yeah um because we think, oh, you know, someone tells us something is a certain way. Oh, you can't go too far away from the fountain. And we just accept it.
0: Yeah. We just, yeah. you
1: know, oh, this is the way that houses are set up. And we just accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes these people literally dying to realize that they can live in ways outside of what they're told they should live.
0: Yeah. Because Case is just – she's so not happy with where she's been placed. Yeah and is realizing you know she can burn the she can burn the cabinet all she wants as many times as she wants to but the cabinet will always be there yeah you know you can go out and have these wild adventures but you will eventually come home and everything will be the same yeah and it was so fun watching them go to the gas station yes. and like wander away from the neighborhood because the whole thing with the fountain is that the fountain is you know the 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 life source so once they get so far it's like okay that's why it's like you get yeah. tired and you have to go back home but what if you can find that life source somewhere else and that's what case has done yeah. and shows it to june and now june is free in a way yeah you know and it's It's so, I love their relationship. It, I mean, I also love it because it had very, it had very like queer undertones to it too.
1: Yeah, that was like, honestly, I mean, they definitely treated it, I think in a lot of ways, like, oh, your wife ran off with another woman. And I kind of wish they'd actually just gone with that. Like, Yeah, same. Why can't June and Case like also be lovers? Yeah. I mean, I'm so conflicted when I see this in TV a lot because on the one hand I think that portraying strong female friendships is really important but on the other hand I feel like a lot of time it's like maybe a little queer baby.
0: Yeah. It's a real damned if you do, damned if you don't sort of situation because it's like especially like older female friendships are not like they're usually like oh they've been friends for so long but it's like that's not always the case. So it's you know you want to show these women who meet later in life and can still be friends and still learn a lot from each other, but I feel like it was also one of those instances where they could have also gone that route. And I think they like I think the characters were headed in that direction. Oh, for sure. But then once Oscar catches up with them, yeah, at the oh, what is it? What is it called? Oh, the Oceanside. Oceanside. Yeah, they catch up with them at Oceanside. It is, you know, it's like that's kind of downhill. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's when I was really upset. I was like, "No." But of course, my that's my queer brain being like, "No." No,
1: that's I mean, that's really give fair. Me that. I mean, there is There is something normative about the show in in certain ways. Yeah. I mean, because I don't know. I mean, like is it too early to talk about the ending? No, okay. go for it. So, I feel conflicted about the ending because on the one hand, Oceanside is still its own strictures. They have their own way of living and their own way of doing things. Um, And in Riverside, there's this idea of maintaining and of staying the same and of never forgetting. I mean, like, even you have a romance that is not people who were already involved in Riverside. And it's someone reconnecting with someone from their past. It's not even someone meeting someone new. Yeah, And – in Oceanside, they have this obsession with forgetting and becoming someone different. And so, on the one hand, I like the ending because it's two people addressing their issues and then deciding to go to a place where they can create their own life that's not necessarily remembering or forgetting. Um, and maybe outside of already preordained structures, though the ending's super ambiguous, so we don't really know.
0: Oh my God. Um, I mean- We'll get to talking I mean, about but the, strictly the end. But the fact
1: that they don't even – I mean to me I'm guessing that they're going somewhere outside of the to, – to somewhere that's maybe like not as inhabited because they're – the whole thing was they took a road to Oceanside and all roads lead to Oceanside. Yeah. And so it's this like pre-decided, pre-made thing that they're they're going along. They're not necessarily forging their own path. Yeah, But on the other hand, like – I don't know, does she really want to be with him forever? I mean, you can read it one way in which it's, her life is no longer mundane because she doesn't feel trapped. She's deciding to be with him and deciding to have like the world that they created together, which is a thing I really think is very good about the show is it has a relationship where you really see that they've created this life together. Yeah. Where everything that they do, they do in a certain way together. But you know, I don't know at the same time, there is just something really unfulfilling about that. And I'm sure that's intentional, but I'm I'm not sure I agree with it as a good choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the same and it's, you know, I feel like there are so many shows that have this this trope. And this show, this show I feel like s- kind of analyzes that trope a little bit, yeah. but not enough for my liking. And that's the trope of like the the trapped wife.
1: Yeah.
0: Of, you know, the husband is just like, this is such a great relationship, but then it's like they always love these shows of, like, you know, the wife just being miserable in yeah. her life. I don't know if you've heard of heard about it, but there's A show in development called.
1: Oh, is it the Rashida Jones show? Yes, the new
0: Rashida Jones show. And it's, unfortunately, I can't say what it is called because there's profanity in the title. But it's basically making fun of the show or like taking the trope of like Kevin can wait, which was a Kevin James show. And basically, any sitcom that has the, the, the like really like schlubby kind of like awful guy but a really yeah. hot wife Yeah, and how she has no personality but yet he gets all the fun stuff and she just has to be the nag yeah. and this I think kind of analyzes that in a different way of like he's really happy in their relationship yeah. and this is really great and she goes along with that and they and that's not to say that they don't have happy moments in their relationship right but she is just so clearly unfulfilled in a lot of areas
1: oh yeah well and i feel like what's interesting with that nagging wife trope is sort of oscar is the nagging like he's the nag in the relationship yeah a bit yeah yeah um I mean, not to say that it doesn't fall into the – and analyze that trope because it definitely does. But, yeah. but I, I definitely do think they do, like, some sort of gender flipping in an interesting way as yeah. far as, like, tropes go. Yeah.
0: And honestly, it's just – oh, God. Maya Rudolph is so good. Like, it is so hard to – I mean, and we haven't even talked about her doing this is how we do it
1: oh, at the party. Oh, my
0: gosh. <laughs> yes. Just the greatest <laughs> – the greatest scene <sighs> I have – I think it's the greatest scene I've had in television in a while is just watching her sing this is how we do it to a whole room of people and she kills it. Yeah. As expected. (laughs) And it's wonderful.
1: It's so good.
0: I just need to rewatch that scene like a thousand more times and then maybe I'll be happy with how many times I've seen it. (laughs) It's it's just so good. So I want to briefly touch upon the... Ending like the yeah. the very end of the first season because well, this is the
1: only season it's done.
0: I, I th- aren't they? They're not doing more.
1: No, it's a limited series, so it's oh. just th- it's that's like the end. Yeah, huh. yeah. No, that makes it harder, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: no, because I thought they were gonna have to do another season. So sequel,
1: baby. But no, that's the end.
0: Oh my god, that's even more frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah somehow <laughs> I didn't know that. Totally missed out on that part. But they – so they just – you know, June learns with the Oceanside people that they just, like, go to the ocean floor and just hang out. Yeah. Because they're dead and they can.
1: And they don't have to breathe. And they don't
0: have to breathe. So she takes Oscar with her and they go and decide to walk along the ocean floor and go to a new life, basically.
1: Yeah. On what looks like maybe an island.
0: Yeah, yeah but they never make it anywhere we just the last shot is them walking through the ocean
1: no they arrive on a piece of land
0: do they yeah have i missed the palm things. trees yeah I'm like, i did they, I and then they the look thing? at
1: each other and like kind of smile
0: yes yeah yes you are correct
1: no that's okay it's I mean, it's literally a second of television. It's not yes, long. Yes, because
0: their whole scene of them walking on the ocean floor is so long. And, and it it's, and
1: the credits start while they're on the ocean floor. I yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe that's why I didn't catch that end because I yeah. was like, well, it's done, and so I turned it off. But yeah, they so but the question is, they get to this new place is it going to be different?
1: I like that's what I'm saying. Like I I can't tell how I feel about the ending because there's so much ambiguity and also, I mean, not that a show needs to necessarily be trying to say something, but I feel like the show is trying to say a lot of things. So what are you trying to say, show?
0: Tell me. Tell me what you're trying to say. <laughs> Don't make me try and extrapolate what you're trying to say. Just <laughs> tell me. But then again, it's, it is a show that is – there are so many aspects of it that are up to interpretation yeah. and seeing – and really like talking about – Mundanity and and kind of working within a relationship that you aren't necessarily unhappy with but are not necessarily completely happy with.
1: Yeah. Have you ever – this is going to sound so pretentious and I'm sorry, but have you ever read The Myth of Sisyphus by Albert Camus? It's an essay. I have not. So the, the two-second – You know, recap of this essay is basically uh, Sisyphus is a Greek character who is doomed to forever roll a boulder up the hill. And once he gets it up the hill, it will fall back down and he has to roll it back up again. And um, what Camus says is that even though we think of this as this mundane torture, as you live through mundanity, through human creativity, you create interest through um, the repetitive tasks, so maybe you know Sisyphus rolls the boulder up the hill in a way that creates beautiful decorations after a while, or he rolls it up in a rhythmic pattern, or you know any sort of numbers of ways that humans create life and beauty within mundanity mm-hmm. um and I feel like this show definitely talks a lot about that, like it's about the it's about the um badness of mendanity, but it's also about the beauty of it
0: yeah and you we do get glimpses of that beauty and yeah. I think are the best example is there is the game that they do together yeah of like what is the best activity that you can do in 30 minutes yeah and they talk about it and like one of them will bring it up and the other will go no that it's like see here's the problem with that you know and they'll yeah. and but it's it's very light and playful and that's that's a game that they play together and it's yeah. a game that they show them playing multiple times and it's clearly like they go through this life. They have their rhythm. They have the things yeah. that they do all the time. And, and, but that's just a little bit of a thing that, that is a thing that they already do, but it changes every time. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's just wonderful to, to see that and maybe it as like an example of like, if you are trapped in this sort of, mundane pattern maybe this is a way of breaking out of it or thinking about breaking out of it yeah or yeah it's a beautiful show and i am now very sad that it's only one season yeah damn you alan yang yeah damn you to hell (laughs) (sighs) it's it's a beautiful show and my rudolph is
1: Oh, she's so exquisitely good. If you're ever like, wow, I wish that I could also see Maya Rudolph be completely heartfelt while also being hilarious, watch the show. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. it's just it's so good. It's so, so good. So because of the mundanity of their afterlife for the fun thing of this episode, we're gonna look at what would what would your mundane like afterlife look like
1: i think it would be like a lot of chains like chain restaurants
0: yeah <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh no um, you just forever trapped going to applebee's every
1: night oh for my dinner. yeah for real no exactly <sighs> and then it's just like yeah i mean i think there would it would be a lot of like uniformity would be like my mundanity yeah and um yeah and and uh yeah, like no art, no like nature really, just like corporate stuff.
0: Oh. Ooh. Would you would you go to work or cuz they don't work in the afterlife? No, they don't
1: have to. Yeah. I mean, I guess No, I mean like honestly, I'd probably haunt people. <laughs> I'd be, they, people would be like, "Come to the haunted applebees off <laughs> Route 66."
0: like done like that's where i live yeah i mean i'd probably end up having to haunt people too because i'm just thinking of like where i grew up and that place is just i grew up in the suburbs of chicago and it's like it is oh god the suburbs would be it is so mundane it's also partially my hell so yeah this also had had touches of the Good Place for me, too. No,
1: this was... Su- I was going to maybe mention The Good Place as one of the shows I was watching, but then I didn't want to say it was similar for forever in oh, case it spoiled it for people. At this point, if you yeah. don't
0: know about The Good Place, yeah. where have you been? They're in their third season. Yeah. It's... Yeah. No, I
1: really felt like this is an amazing companion piece to The Good Place yes. because it's about how do we change after what we know is life has ended.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I think the interesting thing, too, is that Alan Yang is, is of the Mike Schur school of Scriptwriting, Yeah. Because they used to work together on Parks and Rec. So, and I think Alan Yang also still works on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, he might. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think he's on The Good Place though. No. So but there were
1: a couple of other writers that were, yes, were also on The Good Place. Yes. Yeah. So
0: it's like, we're, it's like apparently anybody who's associated with Mike Schur, we're apparently all examining the afterlife at this, yeah. at this stage in our careers. So it's it's, Well, and I feel like it's also
1: like, I mean, so the whole thing of the good place is what do we owe each other, right? Like that's the big question. And I feel like that's a big question in this show too. Yeah. Like what what do we owe each other? What does she owe Case? What does she owe Oscar? Yeah. Yeah.
0: What does he owe June? Yeah. And it's it's yeah, it's it's there's a lot of questions and I think it's a it's a show that there's so many small parts of it that you can discuss and take in different ways and I think that's one really great example of oh, a good show is that people can interpret whatever they want from the show yeah. and it's correct. You know, and it's – and nobody – as long as you're not like, oh, well, the show is clearly about, you know, cross-country trucking. It's like, nope, not what the show's about. Yeah. Good try. But it's, I mean,
1: I guess you could say every time – all cross trenchy truckers go through a bunch of ghosts waiting to be run over yeah. by a car, but really, I mean, that's there. You go. That's the closest you could get to that interpretation. Yeah, and it's they.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's. There's so many philosophical questions, and that are, you know, that they're they're hard to they're hard to ask and they're hard to answer, and the show I think does a great job of starting that conversation yeah and I really enjoy it, yeah obviously, because we talked about it. We talked about it, <laughs> so thirty second pitch okay, so Melly will have thirty seconds to pitch a show that she thinks that everybody should be watching, which it was really great because before we started before she came over a- asked me what shows have other people pitched? And so we chatted a little bit and I was like, I think the first two have been done, but then you told me the third one. I'm like, no, I haven't even heard of this. So we're, we're doing that one. Cause I want to watch it at this point. So what is, what is the show called?
1: Uh, so the show is called Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories. It's currently probably the easiest place you could watch it is on Netflix. Okay. They have one season. I believe it's actually the fourth season in Japan, but they call it season one here. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't matter because you can watch the episodes in any order.
0: Fantastic. Um, let me let me count you down. Okay. So uh, you are gonna have 30 seconds. I count you down in three, two, one go all
1: right so this is a story about a chef who runs a all-night diner in tokyo um however none of the episodes are about him at all they're actually all about the different people who dine at his establishment um each episode um focuses around one dish and one diner and the dish that they order. And usually the dish has some sort of like memory with them. Uh, the first episode, for example, is about an ex power ranger who had to bow out of the limelight after getting gender reassignment surgery and randomly seeing one of their old power ranger co coworkers at, uh, the diner and then reconnecting with them. Um, the stories are sometimes sad, but they're typically pretty feel good. And at the end of every episode, they teach you how to make the dish in the episode.
0: What? You didn't tell me that part. Yeah.
1: Um, it's pretty great. They're usually what? pretty simple dishes as well. Um, but they have everything from, um, you know, international love to uh, familial um, problems to grief to. Lo- um, you know, to birth, I mean, pretty much if you want like a deep but also feel good show, um, I would definitely watch it. It's live action. Uh, it is in Japanese. So if you don't speak Japanese, which I don't, you'd have to uh, do with subtitles. But they have, I think, English, French and Spanish subtitles. That's so.
0: awesome. That was way longer than 30 seconds, but Sorry. I don't care because I didn't hear about that recipe part. Yeah. So worth it. You should watch it. I'm going to watch it. And I'm not even a big fan of like – this sound terrible. I don't watch a whole lot of like subtitled shows. Sure. I get very distracted by subtitles.
1: No. I mean it's it's hard. I don't watch a lot of subtitled shows either because lately I've just been watching shows like while I'm working. So I, I yeah, can't same. do something that I have to read because I'm also working. Yeah. So
0: – You got to have stuff in your language so you can yeah. hear it. But there's one show that I've been wanting to finish – But it's in German and Mm -hmm. I know some German, but not enough to get all of the show. Right. So it's like, oh, no, I do got to watch this with subtitles. They do have a dubbing, but the dubbing sounds terrible. Yeah. And I'm realizing that dubbing is not great.
1: Yeah, it's really, it's really particular. Like either it's a good dub or it's really not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Leaning more towards subtitles now, but it's making things a lot worse. So, but anyway, thank you so much for coming on my show, Melody.
1: Thank you for having me. love having you. Really great.
0: Thank you, everybody, for listening. If the people would like to follow you anywhere.
1: They don't have anywhere. They can follow me. I'm not on social media. I'm sorry.
0: Champion. What a champion. (laughs) My hero. You're being very smart. (laughs) I wish that I could quit social media. Well, I
1: used to do social media for like a living. And oh. so then I just did not want to be on it. That checks In my out. personal life. Checks anymore. out. So, I mean, I have a Facebook, but it's not like a promotional. It's like yeah. my friends <laughs> in real life.
0: <laughs> Is there, uh, do you have any like any charities or anything that you think people should support?
1: Yeah. So uh, there's an independent comic book convention in Los Angeles called Comic Arts LA. And um, they are doing a, uh, A comics drive for Arts for Incarcerated Youth Network. Oh, cool. Um, So basically, uh, California is like one of the largest prison systems in the country slash also the world. Um, Yeah. And a lot of our incarcerated um, citizens are young people. And they don't have a lot of access to books. And a lot of times the books that they have access to are not really reflective of them. Um, And so... um, Comic Arts Los Angeles is doing a comics drive for incarcerated youth, so any, like, old comics or manga or graphic novels are great. Um, they tend to be more diverse than, like, you know, Walt Whitman. Yeah. Um, and also they can be, like, a nice sort of pick-me-up from, you know, Victor Hugo, who we all love, but is – quite the downer yes um but yeah you can drop off any of your books they have donations at skylight books in um los Feliz, other books uh the ripped bodice in culver city gallery nucleus in alhambra um chevalier's book in um larchmont and the perky nerd in burbank
0: very cool what is it called again
1: um so the the uh the comic book convention for indie comic book artists is Comic Arts Los Angeles. That's December 8th and 9th um, in Glendale at the Ararat Center. Um, but the it's just a comic tr- drive that they're running. Um, and you can also actually drop it off at the comic convention as well on December 9th. But they're accepting comics for incarcerated youth um, through December 9th at all of these locations.
0: Very cool. That's awesome. So if you are in the L.A. area and would like to do that, do that great it's for good cause yeah. you can follow me on facebook twitter and instagram at jack tv i don't have any shows or anything anything live coming up anytime soon i will be at vulture fest this weekend so if you are gonna be there just send me a dm or at slide me on, into him, his DMs. yeah slide into my dms or or just at me on twitter and we can meet up. But I want to thank my producer Christian for everything he does. And I'm part of the Zeit Heist Network. And I will talk to you all next week.
1: Bye. Bye. It was nice to meet you.